0: This is Judaism 101.9 with Rabbi Michael Katz of Elova. And it's just gone 11 minutes past two on this beautiful Wednesday afternoon here in the Highfield. Crisp, cool, and uh, lining up, of course, for Tisha B'Av and for the days ahead, the end of the nine days, Shabbat Chazon. And, of course, it's there and thereabouts that we're going to be chatting for the next 40 minutes or so on our Judaism 101.9 presentation today. Let's um, first of all say this, and that is that many, many people have been asking and do ask during this period of time, is there a difference this year? And of course there is something very different this year, um, not over all other years, but um, different in that Tisha B'Av actually falls on Shabbat. If you think about it, today is already the sixth day of Av, tomorrow is the seventh, Friday will be the 8th, which makes the 9th of Tisha B'Av actually on Shabbat. Sunday is already the 10th. Now you and I also know that um, in a regular year when Tisha B'Av would fall during the week, we fast on Tisha B'Av and then many of the restrictions of the 9 days um, actually carry over until the 10th. Now where that all comes from, is the fact that there was actually a discussion as to when the fast of Tisha B'Av should actually be. Should it be on the 9th or should it actually be on the 10th? And the reason was that the temple destruction by and large took place on the 9th, but the temple still smoldered and burnt and was finally actually destroyed on the 10th of Av. And so our sages had a discussion as to whether we shouldn't perhaps fast on the 10th when we could acknowledge, when we could see that unfortunately the temple was completely destroyed. Do we go by the beginning or do we go by the end? Do we go by what the Romans had set in a place in an irre- irreversible fashion, that the temple would be raised to the ground? Or do we go by what we actually saw on the 10th and that was that the temple was actually destroyed? And then there are those who um, adopt an even more stringent view and say, well, perhaps we should fast on both days. Now, Torah would never ask us to do something that was uh, really physically impossible and it could be harmful to one's health on a permanent basis. And therefore, our sages never went for that option. But um, we usually have the fast on the 9th and then many of the rules and regulations carry through to the 10th. This year is different in that the fast coincides or the day of the fast, Tisha B'Av, coincides with the ninth of Av, which is Shabbat. It coincides with Shabbat. So this coming Shabbos, Friday night in Shabbos, is actually Tisha B'Av. We're not allowed to have the fasts of mourning, any of the mournful fasts, on Shabbat. Shabbat supersedes them. Shabbat is more powerful and more simcha, dick, than all of that. And therefore, Shabbat supersedes them all and pushes them off. So the fasts, such as Tisha B'Av, are deferred to the next day. This would apply to all the fasts except, of course, for Yom Kippur, which has not got a mournful overtone to it whatsoever. Yom Kippur is Shabbat Shabbaton. It is actually the Shabbos of all Shabbases. It is as though we are ingesting and imbibing and eating the uh, spirituality of the day. It's a completely different headspace to any of the mournful fasts, such as Tisha B'Av, 17th of Tammuz, and so on. So the fast is deferred It is pushed off until Sunday And of course there is some kind of a ground um, uh, Foundational rule That we could actually fast on this day Because as we mentioned before There were those who felt that this was the day That the fast should actually occur And so therefore it is pushed off until the 10th actually And we fast on Sunday What it actually means though Is that Shabbat is um, really a completely different type of Shabbat that we have coming up this week. And so let's begin by thinking about that special Shabbat and unpacking a few of the very, very important images and messages of this very special Shabbat that we have lying ahead of us. First of all, it is known as Shabbat Chazon. Now we know that... um, During the three weeks, there are three special Haftorahs, three special additional Torah readings or readings from the prophets that are read at the end of the Torah reading on Shabbat morning. And um, the three of them pertain particularly to the three weeks. So the first one we read a couple of weeks ago, the second one we read last Shabbat, and the third one comes on this Shabbat, and it is called Chazon Yeshayahu. It is the vision of Isaiah. It is always read on the Shabbat before the fast of Tisha B'Av, which, as we said, should be on Shabbat but is deferred until Sunday, and therefore read on this Shabbat, Shabbat Chazon. The Shabbos is named that way. It is called Shabbat Chazon after this very important Haftorah, this important passage of uh, prophecy. And it is the vision of Isaiah. But our sages have cleverly pointed out that this day is known as Shabbat Chazon. It is the Shabbos of vision. Now, what is that vision? Well, there could be a vision that is negative, which unfortunately many of these prophecies actually uh, connote. But then we could think about the vision of a people who have lost their temple. The vision of a people who do not have a Beit HaMikdash in Yerushalayim in its rightful place because the first one was destroyed by the Babylonians and the second one by the Romans. And those temples stood for the best part of 900 years. In that spot in Yerushalayim, in Jerusalem, what is the vision of a people who have lost those temples? Is it a vision whereby we lay down and die? Is it a vision whereby we hold up and don't do anything about it? Or is it a vision whereby we hope and pray and look forward to the future? And within that is the vision of this special Shabbat. Our sages have pointed out, and most particularly, a great great um, lover of all Jews by the name of Rabbi Levi Yitzchak of Barditchev, who spoke about the fact that it's on this Shabbat that every soul is shown a vision of the third Beit HaMikdash, of the third temple, completely different dimension to this temple, because this temple, the third one, is one that is waiting to descend. It is one that God himself has built, we believe, and therefore it will be given to us when we deserve it. And he said it's much like The father who buys his son a suit and the son messes up that suit of clothing and he gives him another one. And once again, it gets messed up until finally he says, I have one waiting for you. It is going to be much more magnificent, much more beautiful, much more wonderful than anything that you've ever seen before. But you need to deserve it. And when you can show. That all the reasons for the destruction, which we have mentioned last week and the week before, that all the reasons for... The destruction of not one, but two Bote Migdash, all the calamities that befell us during this period of time. When you as a people have shown that you can work together, that you can live together, that you can function together, that you have like-mindedness in your worship of the Almighty God, that you are learning my Torah, that you are keeping to my mitzvot, says God, it is then that I will reveal this incredible, incredible vision in a practical, in a, in a, in a real way before you. But until such time, it is on Shabbat Chazon that our souls, we are told by Reb Levi of are shown this vision of the third Beit Hamikdash, of the third Temple, which is there and it's waiting in all its glory, to be a completely, completely, and absolutely different dimension, not only not only as great as the first and the second temples, but greater, and that this is what. Our vision is. This is the vision of this Shabbat. It is not something that we are looking away from, but rather that we are looking forward to, that we are hoping and praying on the Shabbat, particularly for the coming of Mashiach, for the rebuilding of the Beit HaMikdash. And it is that vision that we link ourselves with on this very special Shabbat that lies ahead, Shabbat Chazon. This is Judaism 101.9 with Rabbi Michael Katz of Elovo. So since it is Judaism 101.9, let's get into some of the practicalities. What are the practical things that we need to know, that we need to do, or that we need to prepare, think about over the next couple of days, and particularly leading up to this coming Shabbat? We spoke, to, spoke about Shabbat Chazon. Um, the preparations for Shabbat can be pretty much like the preparations for any other Shabbat. In other words, you can bathe. Um, In honor of Shabbat, you can cut nails, you can put on fresh clothing, and you should put on Shabbat clothing, um, and even use a fresh tablecloth. However, we should not change linen on the bed. Um, You are, of course, not shouldn't be tasting uh, fleshika food on a Friday afternoon, because many of the custom of doing that, eating something from the Friday night um, or Shabbat dinner meal, Keep then to the uh, parov or the fishy parts of the meal, not meat. Um, that's on Erev Shabbat. But on Shabbat itself, of course, we may eat meat, chicken, and so on, and we may, of course, eat wine. Kiddush is made in the regular way um, over wine, um, meat, etc., are all part and parcel of this coming Shabbat. We're told we should not stroll for pleasure for the entire Shabbos, as to take a Shabbos walk at any time other than to or from shul is uh, something that we would refrain from. And then, of course, at midday, and midday is not actually at 12 o'clock. It's uh, the halachic midday, which is about approximately 12.15 in Johannesburg, from then on, actually on Shabbat itself. All of the rules and regulations of um, Erev Tisha B'av kind of kick in as well Which pertain to uh, not for, uh, not, um, uh, not learning um, regular parts of the Torah We are permitted only from midday on Shabbat to learn uh, the parts of Torah That we would be allowed to learn in morning And the things that are uh, specifically prescribed for learning on uh, Tisha B'Av itself So Friday afternoon Regular Friday afternoon, with the exception of the fact that we're not allowed to taste uh, the meat or the chicken or the chalant, um if it's got meat or chicken inside it, um, For uh, on Erev Shabbos, we've got to wait for Shabbos for that to happen. Once Shabbat comes in, even though it is actually Tisha B'Av itself, all the rules of Shabbat supersede Tisha B'Av, and even uh, the fact that there are many who point out that we should, be, we should go out of our way to be exceptionally Uh, joyous on this Shabbos. It is um, the fact that we're highlighting, particularly in the public arena, particularly in public in shul and so on, we're highlighting the fact that... um, Shabbos is more powerful. The Shabbat is more powerful and uh, more spiritual um, than Tisha B'av itself. That it's overridden it, that it superseded it, and therefore Shabbat needs to be celebrated in uh, the best possible fashion. Um, Eating of meat, drinking of wine, um, all the regular things that one would ordinarily do on Shabbat are prescribed and even encouraged. We should probably refrain from wearing non-leather shoes on Shabbat because um, those are things that pertain particularly to Tisha B'Av. We don't want anybody to think or to say that we're actually showing publicly that we have any of the signs of mourning, such as the wearing of non-leather shoes, um, which pertains to Tisha B'Av itself. Now, as we mentioned on Shabbos from midday, from about 1215, we um, go into a different phase of Shabbos. Now, yes, it is quite um, baffling and a little bit difficult for us to get our heads around, but it is Shabbat, but, and we're told we shouldn't allow Tisha B'Av to actually impact on Shabbat, but actually, in effect, in order just to make it a little bit Uh, um, uh, More convenient in a way We would actually see That most shuls would probably make an early Mincha uh, Service on uh, Shabbat afternoon We should be careful here That it shouldn't be too early We have to wait until Approximately 20 to 1 um, For our Torah reading (laughs) Of Mincha Shabbat afternoon As well as um, The um, Saying of the Shemone Esrei The Amidah for, um, um, if Shabbat afternoon should only be said after that time. And so 1230, 1235, 1240, um, is probably the best time to start if you're doing an early Mincha at your particular shul in your particular case. Um, and Mincha is daven. And one of the reasons that we're going to do that, I guess, in most shul's is because, um, later on in the afternoon, one uh, would like to extend the time that you have for eating right up until the possible last minute, which is just a kindness to people who are, of course, taking their fasts. And the fast begins um, at approximately 5.35 on a Shabbat afternoon, evening. So we would eat our normal, regular Shabbos meals, and perhaps wanting to even increase a little bit in what we eat for the third meal, for the Sudashlishit, for the afternoon meal, we do not have any of the signs of morning at that third meal. Now, ordinarily, on a regular weekday tishabav taking the fast in, we would... Um, Be eating things and doing it in a way whereby it pertains to mourning Sitting low, eating eggs and ashes and so on None of that is done on Shabbat Because those are all outward signs of mourning We can eat whatever we wish Of course, you probably wouldn't want to eat things That are going to make you particularly thirsty or uh, hungry over the fast Um, So uh, you know what uh, you can stomach and what is best for your diet Um, But do that right up until And permitted to eat right up until Shkia, until sunset, which is approximately 5.35 on Saturday afternoon, on Saturday evening on Shabbat itself. We do not change our shoes until after Shabbat. We do not um, show any of the outward signs of mourning until Shabbat itself is um, actually out. So, that is um, Shabbat itself, and remember we did mention that there are many things that one should refrain from learning on Shabbat afternoon, as with Tisha B'Av itself, but of course one should still learn Torah, we should not be saying... Um you know, because we can 't learn the regular stuff we 're not learning Torah itself, so it 's a time for idle chatter or for um just ignoring Torah learning at all uh, altogether. We should actually immerse ourselves in some of the things that we are permitted to learn, and there of course is a whole list which i 'm sure your uh rabbi or various websites would be able to provide you with as soon as Shabbat is out. Um, Tisha B'Av begins in earnest And as Shabbat comes out Which is approximately um, I stand corrected But 606, Somewhere around there That Shabbat ends on um, Maybe a little bit later Please check your calendars um, That Shabbat ends on Saturday night At that time the um, outer signs of mourning um, should be done as well. So we, rem- we should say, Baruch HaMavdil Ben Kodesh Lechol. We do not make Havdalah on Saturday night. Havdalah is only said on Sunday night after the fast. And right away, we should change into our non-leather shoes. We should begin sitting low, um, which is something that we do up until midday or the halachic midday about 1215 on Sunday um, Sitting lower than we ordinarily would do Sitting lower than we usually do Saturday night um, Then My riv, evening service Regular evening service um, The um, Additions to it of course Are the a book of Eicha, the book of Lamentations That is read and this is read Sitting low and in a mournful way Usually the uh, curtains are taken off, the parochet taken off the orange Kodesh the ark uh, for the evening service and uh, that will stay off by the way until mincha on um, um, uh, Sunday afternoon we show signs of mourning by sitting low in the shul and saying the book of lamentations sitting low, it is ordinarily usually said in most shuls by the chazen, rabbi, leader someone who says it, people follow along, it is said in a mournful way it is uh, a book with all sorts of um, deep and profound meanings, but uh, carries with it a very, very heartfelt, heartbreaking kind of a story, um, all about the destructions of the temple, the terrible, terrible things that our people had to go through. Um, and that is then followed by the saying of some of the kinot, of uh, the lament kind of prayers that are said on Tisha B'av, We then end our uh, prayer service And in many, many places There would be some kind of a Tisha B'Av program Of course, we should not go home And uh, watch television We should not um, go and get involved (coughs) In uh, all sorts of things That would change the mood Try and stay in the mood of Tisha B'Av Which is remembering the temple Remembering the destruction Remembering the fact that we're in mourning And behaving in an appropriate fashion For um, all of those things We do not greet people. Now, it's been mentioned many times, the idea of greeting on from Saturday night and through uh, the day of Sunday, we do not greet. And the main reason for not greeting is because of the use of the word shalom, shalom meaning not only peace, but it is actually one of God's names, uh, the word shalom. In a time of mourning, um, we do not ask each other or, or uh, kind of use this word shalom in our interaction with each other. Um, And while it might seem to be rude, um, we hope and we know that everybody will understand on a day of mourning We don't usually um, greet each other Of course, if somebody does, you're entitled to reply Perhaps in a bit of an undertone, perhaps mentioning to them That ordinarily we do not greet, we do not say shalom on uh, Tisha B'Av itself As we mentioned, Havdalah is postponed We only say Havdalah at the end of the fast on uh, Sunday evening, so uh, that is not said, it, with the exception, I think, of anybody who has to eat something on uh, Tisha B'Av for uh, medical reasons, they would possibly and probably, you should check with your own rabbi, would need to make Havdalah before you can actually eat or drink something. The only thing we do on Saturday night is we say Baruch um, HaMavdil Ben Kodesh Lechol. We say, of course, the Atah the differentiation prayer in our Mayriv, in our evening service. And uh, that then suffices until um, we actually make Havdalah on Uh, Saturday evening We do keep on our Shabbat clothing um, On a Saturday night Even though um, The Tisha B'Av has kicked in Um, We keep it on um, On Saturday night But we do change to non-leather shoes um, Which makes it I suppose Look a little uh, interesting But maybe a little bit reminiscent of course Of Yom Kippur When of course we're wearing Shabbat clothing With non-leather shoes um, And it uh, usually is quite a sight to behold Um, It's a custom for children under bar of bat mitzvah not to make havdalah before they eat, but instead they should hear it from adults um, um, in the evening of uh, the end of Tisha B'Av and, um, of course, uh, be guided by your own uh, particular shul, your own particular rabbi in this regard as well. So usually in shawls um, around the country and maybe around the world, MyRiv will be delayed a little bit on Saturday night so that it, the evening service is uh timey enough for people to be able to drive back after they have said Baruch HaMavdil Ben Kodesh Lechol to come back to shul, um, half an hour, 45 minutes, whatever it is, after the end of Shabbat, Um, that is when Mayriv and that is when the book of Eicha, the book of Lamentations um, and all of that is actually said. Um, When we think about then Tisha B'Av itself, the day of Tisha B'Av itself, of course, is a day of intense mourning. Intense mourning being that not only do we have all the rules and regulations of the nine days, but we have additional rules of mourning added to that. It, um, of course um commemorates five terrible things that occurred on this day And the main ones, of course, being um, the fact that the Miraglim, the spies, came back from spying out Israel They gave everybody a bad report The Jewish people cried That was the night of Tisha B'Av The first temple was destroyed by Nebuchadnezzar The second temple was destroyed by Titus, by the Romans um, the city of Beitar was uh, fell on that particular day, and the site of the Beit Hamikdash and the surrounding area was plowed um, on Tisha B'av as well. Um, All of these things, of course, um, being the major calamities that we commemorate on the day of Tisha B'Av. So this is why we fast. And we fast in a way whereby we not only are bringing ourselves to a feeling of tshuva, of return, of repentance, of realizing what we did wrong and what has gone wrong in the past, but all the time bearing in mind the vision that uh, Shabbat Chazon actually has given us and is so fresh in our minds Um, from the day before, and that should hopefully carry us through with a much more positive outlook of um, what Tisha B'Av should actually lead to. This is Judaism 101.9 with Rabbi Michael Katz of Elovo. Just to continue with some of the practicalities of Tisha B'Av, Tisha B'Av itself on Sunday, of course, the day on which we commemorate the Fast of Tisha B'Av. In the morning, we should not wash our hands entirely. We only wash up to the knuckles. Now, the knuckles meaning the place where your fingers join to your hand. And so we wash our fingers, so to speak, um, for Nagelwasser, for our morning uh, washing. Um, and we get dressed ordinarily, except we do not wear leather shoes. Um, and uh, we then do not wear talus and Tfilin are not worn on the morning of Tisha B'av, That is postponed until Mincha because Talas and Tfilin are things of grandeur, they're things of excitement, of enjoyment, um, and of making us look real and ro- 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 regal and royal. And we um, avoid doing that, of course, on uh, Tisha B'Av itself. When we come to uh, shul, again, avoid greeting people and so on. And we should make sure that there is at least A group of six people who are fasting In order for us to be able to read from the Torah And do all the things for Tisha B'Av in shul Hopefully everybody will be fasting But just make sure that you have at least six fasting um, In your uh, group, in your shul, in your minyan In order to be able to read from the Torah And do all of those things If there is a bris that is taking place on Tisha B'Av It is postponed until after the kinot And after um, the middle of the day Usually held in the afternoon um, some have thought that it's customary to visit a cemetery, but it's not really um, a custom that pertains particularly uh, to Tisha B'Av to do and go and do grave visitation. We should rather be spending the time in actual mourning for the destruction of the Beit HaMikdash rather than focusing, I guess, on um, individuals In the afternoon service Mincha time in the afternoon We um, n- n- in a regular Mincha With the exception of the fact That there are several things That will have been left out Of the morning service And those are all added in um, As a precursor to the Mincha And of course we say the Shema With our uh, talis and Tefillin on We then in Mincha We should make sure That that is all done Before the fast actually um, Ends Or rather until um, Sunset Before the fast has, has ended um, that should be Mincha on Sunday afternoon At the time that the fast concludes We've got to remember that we should First and foremost wash our hands um, As though we're just uh, getting up in the morning Because we haven't done that We've only washed up unto our knuckles uh, during the day So the hands are washed We've got to remember that uh, we need to hear Havdalah We haven't made Havdalah And Havdalah with a uh, candle is only done on a Saturday night So it's just a havdalah um, Over the cup of wine The havdalah candle By the way um, Many have the custom to do that uh, Before we say the Eicha On Saturday night in Shul Just to make the Bracha Borei Moorei Ha'esh Over the candle uh, People should use it They should look at their fingernails Like we ordinarily do but uh, no Havdala is actually said, no cup of wine, no basamim, and no actual Havdala said on Saturday night. We do that on Sunday evening. So all of those things postponed until Sunday evening. We've got to then remember that, of course, we do not eat meat um, or drink wine other than for Havdala. On uh, Sunday night, even though the fast is out and even though it happens to already be the 10th, um, we wait with the eating of meat or drinking of wine, just um, willy-nilly drinking of wine till Monday morning. I'm not sure if you're going to eat meat or drink wine first thing Monday morning, but it is certainly permitted. This is Judaism 101.9 with Rabbi Michael Katz of Elobo. Summing up everything that we have to do with it, we're thinking about over this coming weekend, I think that we need to... Uh, Lend an ear to the fact That Tisha B'Av is deferred Now that doesn't mean That it's weakened in any way On the contrary We need to keep everything Of Tisha B'Av on Sunday As though it were actually the ninth, Even though it is actually the 10th We've got to make sure that um, We fast We've got to make sure that we keep To all of these things However We've also got to bear in mind That um, Tisha B'Av celebrated In a year where it falls out on a Shabbat is really the way that all, that we hope that every Tisha B'Av should be. You know, it reminds one of uh, coming home on a Friday night with the Malachim with the angels where um, the good angels take a look at the Shabbat table and they say, may every Shabbat be like this. We hope that every Tisha B'Av is like this. We hope that every Tisha B'Av is not just a ein olam haba kind of a feeling that we have on this coming Shabbat where Shabbat overrules Tisha B'Av and where we actually will be eating meat, drinking wine and celebrating, but that in fact this is a real taste of what it's going to be like. When Mashiach comes, this is going to be a real taste of what it's going to be like when we'll have our Beit HaMikdash back. That Tisha B'Av as a fast day will cease to exist, but it will be turned around. It will be transformed into a day of joy, into a day of happiness, into a day of simcha, and a day of rededication of the temple, and a day of the birth of Mashiach. That is what we're really thinking about and looking at, and we have a taste of that on a Shabbat like this one. Where not only do we have the vision that Rebbe Levi Yitzhak of B'aditch have referred to of the third Beit HaMikdash, but where we have the opportunity to spend a Tisha B'Av really in the proper way that we hope and pray for uh, that will come about for all Tisha B'Avs in the future. So hopefully we'll take to heart the very, very beautiful example and a very, very clear um, analogy and the wonderful opportunity that we have to really spend the ninth of Av this year in Shabbat. Unfortunately, unless you hear that Mashiach has arrived on that day, which hopefully will happen anyway, we will probably, possibly, still have to fast on uh, the day thereafter. But hopefully all our days of Tisha B'Av will be transformed into exactly what they are going to be this year and then some. Because unfortunately, there is still that little bit of an impact, as we mentioned before, that on Shabbat afternoon, we start already kind of getting into the motions of Tisha B'Av, unfortunately. And yes, we have to stop eating before um, the day actually has ended. We've got to hope and pray that every Tisha B'Av should be just like This actual one that please God on Tisha B'Av itself, we should be spending a time filled with joy, with happiness, with simcha, just like this Shabbat hopefully will behold, and just like this Shabbat hopefully will herald and bring. So, we look forward to a wonderful Shabbat up ahead and a great Tisha B'Av this year, and yes. If we have to go through the throes of a fast on uh, Sunday, hopefully it will accomplish what it is meant to accomplish and that it will be the last... Time that we ever have to commemorate in a way of sadness and of mourning the destruction of the temple, because it'll be rebuilt, Mashiach will have arrived, and um, our lives will have taken the real turn for the best and for the better that we all hope and pray for on a regular basis. So I want to wish you a great rest of the week, great Shabbat up ahead, and uh, yeah, really well over the fast. Have a good one. Take.